Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tamara Thomas, Editor-in-Chief of UrbanHealthToday.com, part of the DocWire family of medical news sites, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Tamara Thomas, and welcome to Urban Health Weekly. I'm flying solo today as my wing people Jackie and Lou are unavailable, but I wanted to bring you some breaking headlines about medical news and health topics that matter to you. We've been having schedule difficulty and the fault is all mine, but the show must go on. And so here are some headlines I wanted to share with you. Medical organizations urge the Department of Justice to investigate threats against physicians and hospitals providing transgender care to kids. This was from MedPage Today. Three medical organizations are calling on the Department of Justice, or DOJ, to investigate the origins of a recent spate of threats against physicians and hospitals providing pediatric transgender care. The American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Medical Association, and the Children's Hospital Association sent a letter to the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland urging him to investigate the organizations, individuals, and entities coordinating, provoking, and carrying out bomb threats and threats of personal violence against children's hospitals and physicians across the U.S. They also called on social media platforms to do more to stop the rhetoric that incites these threats, as several of the campaigns have been incited by posts from social media user, whose screen name I will not repeat here because I don't believe in giving people like that the time of day. The attacks are rooted in an intentional campaign of disinformation where a few high profile users on social media share false and misleading information targeting individual physicians and hospitals, resulting in a rapid escalation of threats, harassment, 
and disruption of care across multiple jurisdictions, the groups wrote in the letter to Garland. Children's hospitals in several cities, including Boston, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Nashville, Seattle, Portland, Oregon, and Akron, Ohio, have recently been targeted for offering transgender care services. In August, Boston Children's Hospitals was hit with threatening and aggressive phone calls, emails, and online attacks after false claims circulated online, alleging that the hospital provides hysterectomies to young girls. A woman was also arrested and charged for making a bomb threat against the hospital. Holy hell. Okay, you really have to be a special kind of hateful to threaten clinicians and hospitals just because they treat transgender children. Like, what the hell? I thought there was a line that was drawn when it came to kids, but apparently that's out the window. Regardless of where you fall in this argument, you don't get to tell people how to live their lives, how to care for their health. And you for sure do not have the right to threaten doctors and hospitals. Trans children have every right to feel safe and not have to look over their shoulder. As it is, they already have to deal with the scrutiny of their community, their peers, and their schools as they navigate an already stressful and confusing time. So I hope the DOJ tracks down every single one of these hateful people and prosecutes them to the fullest extent of the law. Next up, the struggle to get insurance coverage for expensive preventive drug and lab tests is real. This is from Yahoo News. A federal judge in Texas this month ruled that an Affordable Care Act requirement to cover HIV prevention drugs violated a Christian-owned company's religious freedom. While it's unclear whether the judge's ruling will matter beyond a single company, it will, it for sure will. Activists warn that young people are skipping HIV prevention medication over concerns about cost. The CDC estimates 1.2 million Americans can benefit from PrEP. Insurers are required to cover the cost of the medication, lab testing, and medical appointments. People on PrEP must get tested every three months to check for HIV and other sexually transmitted infections and monitor kidney side effects. However, activists and experts say many consumers are struggling to get insurers to fully pay the lab charges and medical appointments. The law of the land right now is that plants have to cover PrEP without cost sharing, and they're not, said Amy Kalela, a lawyer and consultant who specializes in HIV policy. Carl Schmidt, executive director of the HIV plus Hepatitis Policy Institute, said coverage is vitally important for those at risk of HIV infection. If somebody wants to be on PrEP, there's a reason and you want to make it easy as possible, Schmidt said. We're still hearing complaints from all different parts of the country from people who forego the drug regimen over concerns about affordability. Mm. I'm shaking my head right now. You may or may not recall, a few months ago, we talked on the show about the cases of HIV on the rise despite all the treatments available. Putting aside all the reasons we explored, it's also because knowledge of PrEP is low and availability of PrEP is inconsistent. Now, just when inroads are being made to raise awareness and increase availability, the courts have decided to pass the cost on to the consumer. This is really and truly going to affect young people low-income people and people of color who don't have the money to pay for these tests and drugs. They're not going to stop risky behavior. They just cross their fingers and hope that they don't get HIV. And that is a terrible plan for prevention. Look, I'm a Christian and I respect people's religious beliefs, but I don't believe in using religion to deprive people of the things they need. 
I just don't. And you don't have to believe in extramarital sex to care about the welfare of your fellow man. PrEP is just good disease prevention, and now the courts have made it harder for people to protect themselves. FDA warns about new cancer risk linked to scar tissue around breast implants. This is on Urban Health Today. This is an FDA press release. The FDA issued a safety alert warning patients and providers of reports of rare but potential safety risks linked to squamous cell carcinoma, or SCC, and various lymphomas located in the capsule or scar tissue around the breast implant. This safety communication was issued after an initial extensive review of the risk of SCC and other lymphomas in the tissue surrounding breast implants. After preliminary review of published literature as part of our ongoing monitoring of the safety of breast implants, the FDA is aware of less than 20 cases of SCC and less than 30 cases of various lymphomas in the capsule around the breast implant, the agency's alert explains. Some reported signs and symptoms include presentations such as swelling, pains, lumps, or skin changes. These emerging reports of lymphoma and scar tissue are different from breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma, or BIAALCL, which the FDA began communicating about as a potential risk more than 10 years ago. According to the FDA, there is currently not enough information to conclusively say whether breast implants cause these cancers or if some implants pose a higher risk than others. However, there are reports of SCC and various lymphomas in the capsule around the breast implants that have been reported for both textured and smooth breast implants and saline and silicone breast implants. The FDA recommends that people with breast implants do not need to change their routine medical care or follow up. However, they need to be aware that cases of SCC and various lymphomas in the capsule around the breast implant have been reported. They also stated that they do not recommend the removal of breast implants for those without symptoms. Listen, I'm no clinician, but I'm not really comfortable with this advice. Not that we should cause hysteria, but you should get checked. If you have breast implants, you should get checked. I you know, also had breast implants and removed them several years ago. And I was a little annoyed when I found out that my doctor did not remove the capsule tissue, but the biopsy turned out clean, so... I guess no harm done. My only advice is if you have breast implants, think about getting annual ultrasounds. Better yet, please consider thermograms to keep your eye on your breasts. Thermograms are inexpensive, painless, non-invasive, non-toxic, and although doctors don't necessarily recognize them as an approved screening method, thermography is purported anyway to detect cancer about eight years before any of the recognized screenings were detected. You can take these results to your doctor and insist on additional screening. That's just to keep an eye on things, just in case. I, I think that's better than sitting there and doing nothing and, and, and acting as if it'll go away. That's only 20 cases they actually found. Um, we don't know, you know, unless the device fails or something like that, or you end up with capsular contraction or something and they biopsy. That's probably how they found these 20. But by and large, these, these appliances, I'm talking about the breast implants, don't, re, don't fail. So my advice is to get checked. Just get checked. Do, do some sort of screening. You know, don't go crazy and have surgery in advance and all of that. But 
just do something to check. Speaking of breast, as you may have heard, Katie Couric um, was recently diagnosed with breast cancer and she decided to use her platform to share her experience and raise awareness about not just breast cancer, but dense breasts. By the way, raising awareness is not new to Katie Couric. She filmed herself getting a colonoscopy, I think in 2020, after her husband died of colon cancer. About 50% of women with dense breasts, meaning the breast is made of more tissue than fat, makes detecting cancer by mammography more difficult. Ultrasound is more reliable screening for dense breasts, but it's not covered uniformly across the country. Only 14 states and Washington, D.C. actually require insurance to pay for ultrasound to some degree. Now, why is this an issue? Because multiple studies have shown that women with dense breasts have an increased risk of breast cancer. Women with extremely dense breasts have a four to six time higher rate of breast cancer compared with those uh, with fatty tissue, breast tissue. Couric is working with Congressperson Rosa DeLauro of Connecticut on legislation that would ensure that women and their healthcare providers have access to the information about breast density to make informed healthcare decisions. DeLauro will also introduce legislation this month that would require insurance companies to completely cover the cost for breast ultrasound for women with dense breasts. I hope this passes because I think women should look beyond just genetic testing, which is also important, but without a family history, it's kind of like out of reach for most women. There are a number of factors that raise cancer risk, like alcohol, smoking, being overweight, but breast density, many women don't even know what type of breast they have. Let me offer one piece of advice to my dense breast people. Please consider foregoing mammogram, or at least don't do it annually. Let me be clear now. I'm not saying don't do annual screening. I'm saying don't do annual mammogram screening. Ask yourself this. If you painfully compress and then irradiate breast tissue, does that sound conducive to breast health over time? Just think about that. Find out from your primary care or your gynecologist what kind of breasts you have. It's like a scale, A, B, C, D. It's, all, it's, it's covered in the article. And then insist your doctor give you an ultrasound. And if your insurance covers it, try to get a breast MRI instead of a mammogram. Doctors prefer mammograms because it's easier for them to read, but that doesn't mean that it's what's best for you. They'll, they'll say, oh, it's the gold standard, it's the gold standard. Yeah, okay. It's the gold standard for them and for making their lives easier. It's not the, necessarily the gold standard for you. And that's not to say that mammogram has saved lots of lives because it has. I'm just saying that if you think about the use of mammogram, the advent of mammogram, and how many more women now than before have breast cancer, that's all I'm going to say on that. I'm not going to make any accusation. And finally, some good news. Groundbreaking method starves highly lethal cancer tumors of energy, eradicating them. This is from SciTech Daily. Groundbreaking research at Tel Aviv University successfully eradicated glioblastoma, a deadly form of brain cancer. Some of you may remember glioblastoma is the disease that, that killed uh, Arizona Senator uh, John McCain. Researchers achieved the result by developing a strategy based on their finding of two crucial mechanisms in the brain that promote tumor growth and survival. One shields cancer cells from the immune system while the other provides the energy needed for rapid tumor growth. 
the research discovered that astrocytes, which are brain cells, regulate both methods and that when they aren't there, tumor cells die and are eliminated. The researchers explain, glioblastoma is an extremely aggressive and invasive brain cancer, brain cancer, for which there exists no known effective treatment. The tumor cells are highly resistant to all known therapies and sadly, patient life expectancy has not increased significantly in the last 50 years. Our findings provide a promising basis for the development of effective medications for treating glioblastoma and other types of brain tumors. Here, we tackle the challenge of glioblastoma from a new angle. Instead of focusing on the tumor, we focused on its supportive microenvironment, that is the tissue that surrounds the tumor cells. Specifically, we studied astrocytes, a major class of brain cells that supports normal brain function, discovered about 200 years ago and named for their star-like shape. Using an animal model in which they could eliminate active astrocytes around the tumor, the researchers found that in the presence of astrocytes, the cancer killed all animals with glioblastoma tumors within four to five weeks, applying a unique method to specifically eradicate the astrocytes near the tumor, they observed a dramatic outcome. The cancer disappeared within days and all treated animals survived. Moreover, even after this continuing treatment, most animals survived. In the absence of astrocytes, the tumor quickly disappeared and in most cases, there was no relapse, indicating that the astrocytes were essential to tumor progression and survival. Researchers engineered the astrocytes near the tumor to stop expressing a specific protein that transports cholesterol called ABCA1, thereby preventing them from releasing cholesterol into the tumor. Once again, the results were dramatic. With no access to the cholesterol produced by astrocytes, the tumor essentially starved to death in just a few days. These remarkable results were obtained by both animal studies and glioblastoma samples taken from human patients and are consistent with the research's starvation hypothesis. This work sheds new light on the role of the blood-brain barrier in treating brain disease. The normal purpose of this barrier is to protect the brain by preventing the passage of substances from the blood to the brain. But in the event of a brain disease, this barrier makes it challenging to deliver medication to the brain and is considered an obstacle to treatment. Our findings suggest that at least in the specific case of glioblastoma, the brain-blood barrier may be beneficial to future treatment as it generates a unique vulnerability, the tumor's dependence on brain-produced cholesterol. We think this weakness can translate into a unique therapeutic opportunity. Wow, this sounds really exciting. I just hope they can pull this off in live people, not just tissue and mites. The body is excellent at protecting itself, as you know, so I'm wondering, can they do this without causing damage to the brain? In any event, I'm going to keep an, an eye on this research as it progresses, and I'm going to report it back to you in the future and see what happens. Let's keep our fingers crossed because this glioblastoma is really nothing to joke with. Okay, so that's all the time I have for today. There are more trending news out there, obviously, but these are the articles and stories that I wanted to share with you to keep you up to date. Go to Urban Health Weekly for the links to these articles. And remember, you only have one life and one body. So you got to do your best to make it count. So your years are full of life and your life are full of health. Information equals transformation, people. So small steps each day and you'll see a difference. I'm sure of it. Get those breasts checked, ladies. 
please get those breasts checked. There was a story out there. It was a crazy story about this woman who went to the dentist because she had a lump on her, the side of her jaw. And she, um, it ended up being breast cancer, metastatic breast cancer. The dentist found it in the, in the abscess that, that he, uh, he drained. And it turns out that she had an inverted nipple, but she was not aware that an inverted nipple is also a sign of breast cancer. So she did not get screened. And now she's on palliative care, which basically means that it's just keeping her comfortable until she passes. Don't let this happen to you, ladies. Please get those breasts screened. Get them taken care of. Please, I'm begging you, ladies, get tested. Touch those breasts. Do your breast self-exam. Make sure to feel for anything. If anything looks off, anything changes, anything looks uncomfortable, if you get grapefruit-looking skin, something like that, take it to your doctor and complain. There's no age for cancer, as you're, you're finding out. Women of all ages and walks of life are getting cancer now. And it's high time we really start taking this a little more seriously. If it can happen to Katie Couric, it can happen to any of us. Okay? That's all the time I have. Be good, you guys. And I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Urban Health Weekly today. I hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.